think about your idea um, and you figure out who your target market is, go out and talk to them like, mm. and not people that know you. Uh, people who are friends and family are going to be predisposed to encourage you. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I am your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown uh, several businesses to seven and eight figures, as well as uh, founded uh, uh, Miller IP Law, where we help uh, startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today on the podcast, we have another great uh, journey to tell um, with Michael Malone. Uh, just to give a quick introduction to Michael. So he spent most of his life as an Army officer. Um, unfortunately, in about 2017, suffered a traumatic brain injury uh, that uh, kind of ended his career. And he'll talk a little bit more about that. And kind of from that, having to do with some of the impairments and injuries that come along with that, decided both to make it uh, to uh, come up with a product that make his life and others that there's have or have similar conditions um, suffering from that, making their lives better. And uh, so that's what he's now doing today. So um, we'll hear a little bit more about his journey. And welcome to the podcast, Michael. Uh, thank you, Devin. It's great to be on your podcast. I appreciate this opportunity. So I gave a brief introduction, but uh, I'm sure that there's a lot more detail to tell. So maybe if you want us, uh, wanted to walk us through a bit of your journey, uh, kind of starting when you're the Army officer and what led up to where you're at today. Sure. Um, so I ended up spending 32 years in the military. Um, like I love doing it, you know, supporting the country. Um, I was in Iraq in 2015 and 2016 and became extremely ill and was medevaced back to Walter Reed Military Hospital in the Maryland area. And while I was there, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. And, you know, you never think about that until it actually happens. And mm. uh, you, after the injury, I spent about a week in the hospital. And when I got out of the hospital, uh, I spent the next three years recovering, um, working on my, my, my speech and uh, physical therapy several times a week speech therapy, occupational therapy. And one of the, the things I noticed was like, I just couldn't remember stuff. Like my wife would tell me something and like 10 minutes later, it was like, we never had that conversation. Um, and it's, people don't realize how frustrating it is to go through your life and not remember uh, the morning or remember yesterday, um, remember interactions with people, you know, and how we connect with someone is, is through those interactions and those memories of those interactions. Mm. And so I found myself isolating uh, while I was in treatment. I just wouldn't interact with people. And my wife's like, you got to get out. And I wouldn't go out unless she was there with me uh, to allow her to cue me when somebody was going to approach and tell me how, how I knew that person. And, mm. you know, occupational therapy is like, well, I'll use these 10 apps to, to manage your life. And uh, I've downloaded a bunch of different apps to try to get through things. And I just, every app had a different interface. Uh, it was just really hard for me to understand what was going on. And, uh, and I thought there should be a better way and I just couldn't find it. 
and I convinced my wife to let me take some of my life savings, our life savings, and invest it into this process. Um, you know, I had talked to hundreds of my other fellow service members that had suffered traumatic brain injuries uh, in service, either through um, explosions or rollovers in vehicles or airborne injuries. And trying to understand what their problems were and how they aligned with mine. And, no, you know, short and just to dive in really quick and don't mean to interrupt your journey. Yep. Um, if I remember when we talked a little bit before about the podcast and the one thing I thought, you know, I, I made the probably the erroneous assumption that the brain injury necessarily came directly from the military, right? In the sense of the years of service. If I remember right, it was also, it was on a, a bike or riding, yeah. competitive bike riding or competitive bike accident. Is that right? Yeah. So the irony is I was at Walter Reed uh, recovering for an illness and part of that recovery was adaptive sports. Um, so I have um, an injury, a couple injuries from service where mm. I have a spinal injury and an injury to my right leg. Mm. And so part of that recovery was getting into adaptive cycling. And when I was in the cycling, uh, I had a high speed crash and that put me in the hospital for a week. Uh, before I had an airborne injury where I suffered my first brain injury, but that wasn't really, you know, I recovered pretty well from that. Uh, unfortunately, every time you knock your head, um, it's not a linear problem, right? You don't lose just a little more. Sometimes you just kind of fall off the cliff and you, you lose a lot more. Hmm. And so, you know, it's less about how, you know, I'm fortunate that um, I didn't get blown up. So I don't have a lot of the other issues associated with a lot of my buddies like that have amputations and, and shrapnel in their body. Uh, so I've been very fortunate in my service, but you know, brain injury, brain injury. Uh, some of my friends have brain injuries because they've had tumors, uh, cancer tumors, and they had to have them removed. And when those uh, tumors were removed, they removed part of the healthy brain too, right? Mm. Because they have to get all that tumor out as much as possible. And so that causes cognitive impairment. And so your issue with memory is, is pretty significant. And if I, sorry, jumping back. And I, I think those are all, you know, I, first of all, I think it, one thing to talk to with you that I thought was interesting is I didn't think about, and you know, never just one of those things I never thought about all the different ways that brain injuries can happen, right? Whether it's military service, which is what I always automatically jump to. And this is, you know, related in the sense that you were trying to work on some of the, you know, injuries that you served while in the military that ended up, or, you know, creating a different issue, but then also, you know, we are talking about whether it's people that are, or, you know, having a, a tumor or having other impairments or getting an automobile accident or, you know, a number of different ways. And so there are a lot of different people or a lot of different causes or people dealing with this are based on different things. But one thing I thought was interesting when you talked a little bit before is you said you had a crash, you broke your helmet. I think you said you got scarred your face, but you don't remember it, but you got back up and kept riding the bike got, and then, collapsed and got or took yourself to the ER remind me remind me how that went because I thought it was interesting that you kind of you had your crash but then you got up and you finished the race and then crashed again and then had to go to the ER and that's kind of where it all came or all kind of you know came full yeah. so I was going about 28 29 miles an hour and, I, and unbeknownst to me I had lost some tire pressure in my front tire mm. and so when I was taking a, a curve pretty pretty aggressively the front tire slipped out and I face planted apparently 
into the concrete, slid into the sidewalk and flipped up over the sidewalk. Um, so I remember hitting the ground hard. Um, and I don't really remember anything else. It, this is all stories that have been told to me, but apparently uh, there was a, a service member there that was, you know, helping out with the course. And I asked him if my bike was okay. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, help me get back on it. And so <laughs> apparently I got back on my bike hmm. um, and finished the race. And I didn't realize like blood was pouring down off my face. And when I got to the end, like I didn't, apparently I crashed again at the end of the finish line because I guess I couldn't figure out how to stop. And uh, so they called the ambulance and the next memory I have is waking up in the emergency room with the doctor asking me if it's okay to cut off my clothes. And I'm like, like I hurt everywhere. Uh, like I'm in so much pain. Like hmm. you feel free to cut off my clothes. I can get new clothes, but like, I don't understand what's going on. Fix whatever is wrong because yeah. they're not that important. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. And so I ended up being a week in the emergency, uh, in the hospital, um, trying to recover from, uh, so I could, uh, get released, uh, and go back into managed treatment, um, at Walter Reed. And so, you know, falls and sports accidents cause a lot of brain injuries in the general population. Uh, along with auto accidents and motorcycle accidents. So, you know, surprisingly, my type of accident is very common outside the military. Um, mm. And even in the military, there's a lot of um, sports-related injuries and auto, auto and motorcycle-related injuries. So, so we just have the added benefit of having, you know, being blown up and, you know, hitting our heads bad when we fall out, you know, when we jump out of perfectly good airplanes. Hmm. Well, so one, so, so now you, you wake up in the hospital and you, you know, what was the progress? I mean, did you, was it an automatic, you know, Hey, I, I, now I don't know. I can, I realize that I don't remember things or was it kind of, you know, a slow progression of, Hey, somebody keeps talking about things and I can't remember or kind of, how did you get to the point you're saying, Hey, now, you know, something is different here. And then we'll certainly jump into kind of now with that realization, how you then came up with the solution that, uh, the, uh, you know, that's the current uh, project. Yeah, I mean, the week I was in a hospital, I was in pretty rough shape. Um, mm. So I wasn't really, like, I, I don't really remember that week at all. Um, you know, I noticed when I re was released from the hospital and I was back at Walter Reed, mm. like, I had a hard time. Um, and it feels, you know, I didn't notice it right away, but then I, like, I just fell off this cognitive cliff where... You know, I couldn't find words to to speak. Hmm. Um, couldn't remember how to take my medications, which medications I needed to take. Um, you know, I was exhausted all the time. You know, just being awake was exhausting for me. Um, you know, and just not remembering what I had to do for the day or, you know, what conversations were going on. And you don't, when you're in a pretty tough space, you don't really realize what's going on. And so, you know, my care team, my treatment team is the one that's like, Hey, we need to get this. Like he clearly has a brain injury. We need to get him into, you know, the brain injury group and get his treatment coordinated that way. And so 
the military is very good at integrated care, mm. uh, surprisingly. And so that's, you know, the people at Walter Reed got me into that integrated care for traumatic brain injury. And I ended up being there for about three years. Hmm. So first of all, sorry to hear about the injury. I certainly uh, feel for you. I couldn't even imagine going through that. And I'm sure that's tough. But I, I think that, you know, interest, interestingly, from that experience, now you're having to, first of all, go through that care, go through the program, get the treatment. And then once they're released, you still have to come home and you have to live, you know, day-to-day life. You still have your wife, you have your family and everything you're going on. And so then, you know, it sounds like kind of from that, you're taking your experience of how do I now go back to kind of functioning and, and doing and living my life again and that and that's the genesis of kind of where now you're at today with the the you know, product or the product you're working on is that right yeah i mean when i was at walter reed i'm like oh, God, like i gotta i want to become self-sufficient again um and you know i just couldn't mm. and i my wife still uh is my daily caregiver and helps me out um, and even though I'm creating an app to help me with my traumatic brain injury, it's very hard to do because it's hard. There's a lot of things that are going on and it's hard for me to keep track of what is going on. And so fortunately I have a pretty good team of young guys and girls mm. that, that are helping me in this journey for programming and marketing support and, uh, administrative support. And my wife, you know, helps me all the time. It's like, okay, what do you have to do tomorrow? And helps mm. me work through that. Um, and when you have a brain injury, often the most important thing is what is going on today? Mm. And what am I, what's going on tomorrow? And how do I get through today? And what do I have to do to try to be successful for tomorrow? Mm. You know, I'm not, you know, um, when this thing popped up, you know, it was a surprise to me that I had a podcast meeting, you know, <laughs> so, so I don't Guys, know. When, thank you for coming up. I don't know when we set this appointment, right? Mm. But, um, you know, and so it pops up on my calendar and then I'm like, oh, like, oh, I don't have the link on my calendar like I, like I normally do, right? So I try mm. to put all the information in my calendar or put it in my app and I just forgot. And, you know, maybe at the time I thought I was going to, and then five minutes later, that thought's no longer in my brain. And so it just never occurs again. Mm. And, you know, the app is all about how do I find things that I need to remember Mm. and how do I record things that I want to remember? Mm. So things that are, that occurred in the past that I want to be able to look up and things that are going to incur in the future that I want to be notified about and interact with in a positive way. So if I were to do it, so app kind of has the twofold is, so you, and if I put words in your mouth, certainly stop me, but you have, you know, things, you know, memories that you want to remember, whether it's, Hey, my, my son scored a, and I'm making them up, but or son scored the winning football touchdown at this game and want to make sure to remember that and be able to kind of at least recall or have that as a conversation and take the notes of kind of my thoughts at the time. And then there are things that, Hey, I need to get this done tomorrow or day-to-day living and those type of things. And you want to also make sure the things that you need to get done that you capture. So it kind of serves those dual purposes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's all about, um, like you were saying, the things that occurred in the past that 
you want to recall mm. uh, for, for whatever reason, whether it's a family event, it's a work item, it's a, it's a hobby type item, um, it's an interaction with a person, mm. uh, which is great because, um, you know, I don't remember conversations with people. And so, like, I record those in the app. And then the things that I need to do, um, you know, if I want to, uh, I need to call the VA next week and reorder my medication. Normally, my wife does that, but I set it in my calendar uh, in the app to remind me to do something like that. Or if I have a due out, you know, I need to write a blog post. Mm. Um, and I would set myself a bunch of a due date for that and then a bunch of reminders uh, to remind me to do it. And normally to be successful, um, I need to take action right when that reminder occurs. Hmm. Uh, cause I'm not going to remember it later. Right. It, it's, it could be there and then someone could mention something to me and then it's completely gone. And, you know, when you have a brain injury, people don't realize how much of a burden it is on the caregiver. Hmm. You know, I, my wife is a saint, uh, cause I'm hard to manage. Uh, you know, it's, it's super frustrating for her to tell me things and talk to me about stuff. And then, you know, later that day or the next day, it's like the conversation never occurred. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, she always has to be with me, um, to, to take care of me. Like, you know, I can't, um, you know, I sometimes get lost. Like if I'm going to the store, I know where the store is when I started, I get to the store and then I can't figure out how to get home. Like I forgot where home is and I like just have no idea. And so then I have to have my wife call me and you know, I call my wife. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm at the store. Like, how do I get home? And then she'll have to tell me the address and help me spell it out so I can type it in because I can't even, hmm. when that occurs, I can't even figure out how to spell words. Hmm. Uh, so it's super frustrating. And, you know, caregivers, you know, caregiver burden is one of the things that I'm hoping the app helps alleviate hmm. um, and what's going on with that. And then. Well, and one thing I thought you mentioned that was interesting kind of along that lines is, you know, a lot of things that are interesting, but one of them was, you know, you mentioned, you know, not only it's kind of like, you know, and bad analogy, but I'll make the analogy anyway, is, you know, it's kind of like the old commercials that you used to watch. And I don't, I don't think they're still on air anywhere. It was kind of like, you know, the bald for men. And, you know, not only am I, a, you know, the founder of the company, I'm also a user type of a thing, right. but, you know, and so bad analogy, but, you know, the point is, is I thought it was interesting when we talked, you know, a lot of this, the way that you're troubleshooting it and helping the developers and helping the programmers is, Hey, this isn't working for me or, Hey, I can't, you know, this didn't, this fell apart or this broke, right? Or this thing in the app isn't make, I don't know how to use it. And I thought one that was even interesting that I think you brought up, and if I put words in your mouth again, stop me. But you know, you're even saying, hey, we use, we're used to like icons on a phone or icons on an app. And yet, you know, we can remember and associate what that icon means. And yet, unless it's very self-evident what the icon means, if you don't remember and you can't remember, you don't even know which, where on the app to click. And so I thought it was interesting that you almost need that, perspective of the user that's going through that in order to make things better to make the app actually the product actually work for the intended audience yeah i mean everybody likes icons uh and i hate them uh, mm. like <laughs> like 
um, my interface designer on the template, he's like, well, I created an icon for every one of the templates. I'm like, okay, great. I'm, I'm glad you did that, but now remove them all. Uh, mm. <laughs> like I don't need another nine things to try to recall. Mm. Uh, Cause I'm not like, I'm not going to remember them and I just want the word. And so we do use some icons in the app, but when we use the icon, there's always the word, the label. Mm. Uh, and one of the fixes that we are currently trying to get, I'm trying to get the programmers to do is like, there's a way to filter data in the app mm. and in the new version, uh, in the new interface design, but it doesn't say filter. And so when I go through the prototype, I'm like, how am I filtering it? They're like, well, you use these, these icons at the top. I'm like, well, I tried to use that icon. Uh, and I couldn't figure out how to create a memory using it. And they're like, well, it's a filter. And I'm like, well, that's all great. But at the time I was trying to use it, I was trying to create something. Mm. And so if it's a filter, then you need to tell me it's a filter. Mm. You know, it, it's, you can't just assume things. Uh, you know, one day it may, it may be clear to me. Uh, and one day it may not be. Hmm. I was trying to save something in the app and uh, for some reason I was exiting out of the, the memory and I don't remember how I was, but I was so frustrated and they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm being done. Um, and I was using the back button on the phone. Hmm. And so instead of clicking the save, hmm. uh, the back button just canceled the memory. And like, it didn't like it, there is a button that says save, but I couldn't, I couldn't grasp that I had to hit the save button. And uh, so we ended up changing the flow of how the app works. So if you use the back button, it asks you, do you want to save? Do you want to cancel? Or do you want to just get rid of this memory? Hmm. And you know, it's, it's feedback like that from our beta testers that are helping us make this uh, this better so i posted I, I think that's first of all it's an awesome awesome product awesome mission sorry to hear the story but i think it is, it's great that you're saying hey i'm rather than you know and i'm sure that there was some of rather than wallowing self-pity or woe is me let's see now how i can help myself how i can help the caregiver how i can help other people in a situation and let's say I'm going to use my experience as a way to help other people. So I think that's a very admirable thing to do. So as we kind of now walk towards or wrap up towards the end of the podcast, um, I always ask a couple of questions and you may or may not remember if we, if we don't remember what we talked before, but I'll, so it may be even a more surprise than everybody else, but I'll ask you of now anyway. Um, so the first question I always ask is what was the worst business decision you ever made? All right. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn and I'm connected to a bunch of overseas developers. Mm. And so a couple of times I tried using um, Indian companies and overseas and it just, it was like throwing money on the ground and lighting it on fire. Mm. Um, so that was the worst business decision. And I, I did it not only once, I did it twice. Cause, um, cause you know, maybe the first time's a fluke. And so if I was to do, if I needed to do that differently mm. uh, now, uh, I would use a, a third-party contracting site more like Upwork, hmm. uh, Upwork.com. And, 
And that way there's some guarantees, right? If they don't deliver, you get your money back. Mm. Uh, and so, um, so that, you know, I now use Upwork for Upwork and 99design for all of my either design work or programming. Hmm. If I was to outsource for like my website or something like that. Uh, fortunately, I've been able to onboard some interns hmm. that were connected to me by, uh, you know, someone I met at a nonprofit organization where I talked to them about what I was trying to do. And those interns have really brought the product along. Uh, we still got some problems to solve, like security, when we go to the cloud. But other than that, we're, we're moving along. So worst decision? Um, outsourcing to India. Well, not just, just outsourcing in general without using a platform that mm -hmm. provides guarantees. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so that, you know, do that again. Okay. I would do no, that I, different. I think that's a, something certainly to learn from. And I think that that's a, it's a good thing to know for people because oftentimes you look at outsourcing and it can be a good, you know, good avenue can save money, can or decrease and do it on a shoestring budget or on, you know, those type of things. But it is good to know that, Hey, not all platforms are created equal or not all, you know, all people that you reach out to are going to do the same job. And so I think that's a good uh, lesson learned. So, okay. Then the second question I always ask, is if you're to say somebody that was uh, wants to be an entrepreneur, just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, so when you think about your idea um, and you figure out who your target market is, go out and talk to them, like, mm -hmm. and not people that know you. Uh, people who are friends and family are going to be predisposed to encourage you. Mm. Um, if you go talk to, like I talk to random people, uh, <laughs> have brain injuries, you know, I'm on a Facebook group, several Facebook groups with people with traumatic brain injury. And, uh, you know, I posted a poll on Facebook the other day about some interface design and 150 people responded and that they, you know, love the idea and look forward to it. And 30 of those joined my beta test group. So you got to find the people who are going to buy your service mm. and see if if they agree with what you think and be open to what they say because they may help you adjust what you're going to do to be more successful mm. no, and know. then and i was if i dovetail into that ask them if they'll pre-buy it mm. like however much you know like i want a dollar you know will you give me a dollar to reserve your spot Hmm. right and if people start giving you a dollar then to reserve a spot then you probably have something no i think that's always a good question especially and it's not asking necessarily friends or family because friends and family ask them to give you a dollar they'll probably give you a dollar just because they want to yeah. they don't want to hurt your feelings but i think that when you're saying hey you know when you're talking to a stranger and you you, you know tell them an idea it always is very insightful when you you know you say now would you pay will you pay for this now or will you reserve it or will you do it because we're building it? And if they say, if they hesitate or they hone up, then you say, okay, we need to do something different. Maybe we're not on, you know, hitting on the market and vice versa. Say, Oh yeah, I would love that. Happy to reserve it. I think, you know, I'm happy to do a pre-sale. Then it says, okay, there really is a demand in the marketplace. So I think that's a great thing. Both to one is to get out and to talk with people. So I think you almost had two, two points. One, get out to talk with people, get their feedback, 
figure out what they're what they're they want how they can use it if it's useful in the marketplace and then two ask for money or ask for them to see if they'll actually pay for it and both of them are very insightful so i think those are both great points so as we wrap up and and always one plenty of things i wish we could talk on more but as we wrap up People want to, you know, whether they have they're their caregiver, whether they're gone through traumatic brain injuries, whether they have, I think you might mention also Alzheimer and dementia and other cognitive health issues, or if they want to donate to your cause because they think it's a great cause, which I think it is, what would be, or they want to invest in your company because they think it's a great investment, what would be the best way to reach out, connect with you and, and get linked up? So the best way is to go to our website, uh, we2link.com. And we have a... Sorry, that's we, the number two, link.com, right? Yeah, W-E, the number two, L-I-N-K.com. And there's a, a button that says pre-register. And you could, you could go in there and fill in your information and check the box whether or not you want to be in a beta test or you want information or, you know, fill out that form and that will come to us. And uh, we do have the way to pre-purchase on the website. Uh, we're kind of working through the redesigning it because it's kind of clunky right now. But um, but that is that is how you, the best way to get a hold of us. And um, and if you have a problem pre-purchasing on the website, if you send us an email through the form, uh, we we can work that out with you. All right. And I think that if I, when I looked at your website, I went through. There's also a place that if you want to donate, either to pre-purchase or just support the cause, you can also go there. So. Um, definitely invite everybody to to go um, go to the website, and that's again just to, uh, for we so w e the number two link dot com, and whether it's uh, to use a product, be beta testers, support them, donate or anything else. Um, so thank you for coming on the podcast. It was a fun episode to go through. Uh, it was a very interesting journey, and applaud you for the work you're doing. Um, thanks again for coming on. For those of you that want to be a guest on the Inventive Journey, um, feel free to um, go to inventivejourneyguest.com and apply to be on the podcast. We'd love to hear your journey. And if you're a listener, make sure to subscribe so you can get reminders to get this episode and future episodes. And uh, certainly if you need any help with patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Line. We're always here to help. Thanks again, Michael. It was fun to have you on. It was a great, uh, great to talk to you and wish you the best um, with We2Link. And I think uh, it will be a raging success and excited to hear the next phase of your journey. All right. Thanks, Devin. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>